0: Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers.
1: Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. On a Thursday, we'll preview Michigan against Bowling Green, the third and final non-conference regular season game for the Wolverines, 7.30 on Big Ten Network Saturday night under the lights at the Big House. If you're joining us here and you want Michigan to win the national championship, make sure to give us a like on this video on YouTube, subscribe to our youtube channel get all of our content there and as always head to thewolverine.com We're running a special right now one dollar gets you premium access for your first month that's first time users so make sure to join us there uh, we'll have all the content going up on the game and everything beyond all season long so uh fellas how we doing today Doing great. Just making my prize
2: picks picks and getting ready for that. And uh there we go. Excited excited for the big night game against Bowling Green, man. You guys know how much I love night games, especially against MAC opponents. Yeah. Woo.
3: I mean, I'm a action guy. You'll get no slander from me as you see it. There's a Central Michigan poster behind me on the wall, but uh yeah, uh non-conference finale feels like a bit of a dress rehearsal game, so to speak, under the lights, adds a little bit more juice. So We'll talk about it. We'll break it all down. But, yeah, excited for week three. Can't believe it's already week three.
1: Yeah, um, no doubt. Michigan, a 40-and-a-half point favorite. Huge, huge spread. The last night game against a non-conference opponent was Hawaii last year, J.J. McCarthy's first start. I think that was the biggest point spread in Michigan football history at 51-and-a-half. Um, but this is this is a huge one. Bowling Green coming in. One and one, they had the 34-24 loss to Liberty in the opener. Liberty's supposed to be a good team. Was looking at their Vegas over/under for their win total, eight and a half this year. Um, and then they they pick up a much-needed win over FCS Eastern Illinois last weekend, 38 to 15. Also, shout out to to Anthony's Central Michigan Chippewas beating an FCS opponent on a game winner that we watched in the press box last week. But this really is the return for Scott Leffler the head coach at Bowling Green, the return for Steve Morrison, who played at Michigan as well, co-defensive coordinator, inside linebackers coach, and then Soup Campbell, who's their passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. And then Kevin Tolbert is their strength coach, was Michigan's strength coach in the first three seasons under Jim Harbaugh. So Mike Elston, I kind of wish he went, you know, he, he told a couple stories maybe about being Scott Leffler's uh, roommate back in college. He refrained from talking about those, but did say they have a tight relationship and they talk, they, they already talked a couple times this week and that was on, on Wednesday, but, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a reunion of sorts, a homecoming for, uh, some of these guys. So, you know, that will be cool to see and I'm sure they'll have fun and probably until kickoff happens, I would imagine.
2: Yeah. And you hope that, uh, Michigan takes care of business and, uh, like Scott Loeffler had a, a good working relationship with him when he was here. I doubt he'd even remember me probably, but he was always really nice to us. And, uh, and did a great job here and a great job for Michigan. So uh, I I wish all the success upon his program. Not expecting it on Saturday, though, fellas. Uh, I like those programs that have the Michigan guys. I love Soup Campbell, another guy who was always great to us. But uh, they still have some work to do to get that program where it needs to be in the MAC and coming in as a 40-and-a-half-point underdog. I don't think Michigan's going to cover that. I don't think they're going to have enough possessions to cover that, fellas. Maybe we'll see a few more explosive plays, but I doubt it. And uh, but to me, it's just going to be another one of those home ga- home games and get home at four in the morning and rest up for uh, for a real big game next week against
1: Rutgers. Yeah.
3: I can't speak for everyone in the Mac, but uh, listen, I know that Bowling Green, as long as they have a quarterback that can throw a forward pass, they might be in decent shape mm. to compete against my alma mater. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's cool. And Clay, you being kind of the I, I look to you as like the resident, like stats and information department here at the wolverine is this the first time that michigan in the jim harbaugh era has uh, gone up against a team coached by a michigan alum
1: as the head coach off the top of my head i would say yes but chris maybe if you have a i can't think what of anybody call? else
2: um yeah. yeah there aren't a whole lot out there at this point right right uh, Brady oh, Hope. They're all on Jim Harbaugh's
3: staff. Exactly. Like yeah, Brady.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Brady Hope wasn't an alum; he just coached here. So, yes, I would say that is absolutely true. Uh, yeah. So,
3: yeah, interesting. Um, outside of that, again, it, it, there's that interesting connection there. But, yeah, I mean, this is there's no reason that Michigan, again, it being under the lights, I'm sure the atmosphere will be cool. It's going to be awesome to see. I, I think the video boards will finally be fully operational. Uh, they have been, but. Everything production wise will all come together. We'll see the new light show. But other than that, I just, I expect this. And when, of course, we're going to talk about it on both sides of the ball, but I, I just take care of your business and, and get out of it healthy more than anything else.
1: Mm-hmm. No doubt. That was one of CB's keys to the game in the article today and, and couldn't agree more. Uh, let's talk about the Michigan defense, which is not fully healthy. Uh, but before we do, we do want to talk about. Prize picks are fantastic sponsor. Football season is back. There is no better way to enjoy the games than by playing daily fantasy with prize picks. You pick two to six players, predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. All first time users that deposit and use promo code Wolverine. We'll get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you an extra $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50 and so on. Uh, got some picks for this week looking at uh, two different games, one in the Big Ten, one outside the Big Ten. But Nicholas Singleton, Penn State running back, I like him more than 75 and a half rushing yards against Illinois. That defense got gashed last week against Kansas, I think, Penn State's going to have their way in their uh, Big Ten opener, and then Graham Mertz, Florida quarterback, former Wisconsin quarterback, less than 210 and a half passing yards against Tennessee. I, I've been kind of on the train for a while that Graham Mertz is not very good, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that double down this week. But uh, what are your guys' picks this week? Go ahead, Anthony.
3: Well, I'm going to stick with Graham Mertz here uh, because I also think he's not very good. A couple weeks ago, I compared him to Ethel Mertz. So uh, <laughs> I have him at more than half of a passing interception. I think that I think I mean, between him and Joe Milton, I think that game's going to be a turnover fest from the quarterback position. But that's my pick there. Uh, more than half an interception. Bo Nix, I have him going less than 284 and a half passing yards against Hawaii, simply because I don't think he's going to play long enough. Uh, to rack up those type of numbers. And then Jay Norvell uh, at Colorado State may have awakened uh, not even a sleeping monster. Colorado has been tremendous the first two weeks of the season. And then Jay Norvell had to open his mouth about Deion Sanders. So with that in mind, I'm taking Shadur Sanders to throw for more than 341.5 passing yards.
2: Yeah, maybe they'll make it a point, right? Uh, Katron Allen for me, um, for Penn State, for the same reasons that Clay mentioned Illinois' defense is a shell of what it was last year. I think they might even have a couple hundred-yard rushers in this game, frankly. Uh, He's at 65.5 yards. I have him more than that. And then I have Michael Penix less than 349.5 against Michigan State. I know that that secondary is crappy, but I do think that Washington's going to be able to run the ball on them, too. So I think they're going to be balanced and putting up about 500 or 600 yards on that
1: team. That that projection is so high, three, four, It nine. is. That's unbelievable. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Um, so once again, that is the Prize Picks app, or go to PrizePicks.com. Download the app uh, if you want to get that on your phone today. Use the promo code Wolverine for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, if you deposit a hundred, they'll give you a hundred. So that's that one hundred percent bonus match um, with the promo code Wolverine. All right. Let's talk about the Michigan defense, which has really been dominant through two games. Starters haven't allowed any points. It's been the backups in the fourth quarter, three points against East Carolina, seven against UNLV. Um, And they haven't even been fully healthy yet. Will Johnson played a little bit last week. Makari Page, we saw him a little bit in the first game. Rod Moore, we still haven't seen yet, though he's warmed up a little bit. But uh, I just wanted to get your guys' general thoughts early on here of what you've seen from the Michigan defense.
2: Uh, nasty up front. Uh, that front, you know. Somebody asked, "Is this the best interior line that Michigan's ever had?" And I think they definitely have a chance to be. If you look at the depth and the skill, uh, from really three guys and then a fourth, and Rayshon Benny, who we haven't seen as much of yet, but who's really made strides. They say uh, the problem is he's playing behind three guys that are really have elite college potential. Mason Graham, I've seen enough of him to already know that he's just an outstanding defensive lineman, especially as a run stopper. Kenneth Grant. Now we're starting to see what people were talking about last year, the gift from the football gods that Jim Harbaugh called him with the way that he moves and he gets to the quarterback. In addition to being able to handle himself, obviously on the line of scrimmage and, and help build that run wall. So love what I've seen from them. And then Chris Jenkins, you know, has been double teamed quite a bit fellows and watching the film and uh, he's still doing some things in there uh, is being disruptive, but that really opens things up for the guys on the edges who have really gotten some good pressure in the first two weeks, even in week one, and as Mike Elston, Michigan's defensive line coach, said this week, he said, we couldn't pin our ears back. We had to be careful and really kind of watch for those quarterback draws. I think you're going to see those turn those guys loose a little bit more. you got to pick your poison, and there are four guys on the edges that can really get home. And Jalen Harrell uh, is improving in that respect as well. Three other guys who I really like in that role, Derek Moore, I think, again, I still think is going to be the guy that that really comes on with his skill set. So we haven't even seen... We haven't even seen the the secondary healthy guys. And, and you're talking about a couple yeah, of elite man, players man. there and Rod Moore and Will Johnson. So this defense has a chance to be really, really nasty, really scary. Uh, I love what I've seen with, from them so far, and
3: I expect that they're going to continue to get better. And it starts up front with those guys too. I, I look at this Michigan defense, and someone asked us on the board, it was either in the chat on Thursday or another thread earlier this week, Like this might be one of the best front sevens they've ever had maybe the best they've had under Jim Harbaugh so you know they're athletic they're big they've got the size they've got the speed uh I look at this Bowling Green offensive line uh all of those guys are you know have some good length to them uh six foot five six foot six six seven uh with all these guys across their offensive line uh I'm going to be curious to see how the, how Michigan handles some of that length but you know, if those guys are able to impose their will, we've seen Connor Bazelak before play with Indiana. He's a turnover machine. He's been a turnover machine early, early this season. And I could see them trying to get the ball out quick, try to follow a game plan similar to what East Carolina did. But if Michigan's getting to this guy and, and the pro football focus pressures and grades would seem to suggest Michigan will be able to get to this guy and get past that offensive line. I really do. I mean, I don't want to spoil my staff pick, but uh, I think we are on shutout watch for the third week in a row.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. AB, you bring up exactly what I wanted to talk about with Connor Bazlack, who played at Indiana last year. It was a Missouri transfer previous to that, but Michigan saw him and really gave him hell in that game against Indiana. He made a couple plays early on. They hit a couple deep balls, and that was a game at halftime. I think it was, it was tied 10-10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But it it was a weird game. There was, you know, a blocked kick. And I think on both sides. And obviously, Mike Hart went down. Um, But Michigan really dominated in that second half. And we can talk about the offense, but the the defense uh, really got to him. He was pressured on 41.9% of his dropbacks. He threw the ball away eight times. (laughs) He he took seven sacks. Um, You know, again, he did have a a couple throws, but I I just don't think he's going to have Any time in this game and talking to Michael Burwell, who covers Bowling Green for the Toledo Blade, he was saying that he was running for his life in the first game against Liberty. He didn't have any time at all. So even against Eastern Illinois, they had to go with a lot of quick passes, a lot of screens to try to, uh, you know, help out that offensive line a little bit. But I I do think Michigan's defense is going to live back there in this game. And, And Mike Elston said it this week that, you know, they need to ramp up the pressure. They were pleased with what they did. In the first game, despite not getting any sacks, they were pleased with what they did last week, although they had to, you know, not have to, but they brought a lot of blitz. Um, I just think they're going to get more pressure this time, and, and that offensive line is is not going to be able to hold up.
0: Yeah, and Link- Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers.
2: Isn't the only thing that matters, Anthony, obviously you need some girth too, and you'd be able to move uh, as well, you know, so against those guys. So um, they, I think that, uh, you know, long arms matter, but more than anything, it's can you play and, and can you keep those the quarterbacks clean? I've seen a lot of tall guys that have not uh, been able to move. So, but point taken, you know, um, and I, I'm sure that Connor's really, really looking forward to this, <laughs> this matchup and a, and a chance to redeem himself after those
1: stats did he know? look at the schedule before he transferred it, to exactly
2: green. it's like wait a minute man uh hey this <laughs> wasn't part of the deal so but uh hey um you know what it, it's just another overmatched team fellas is frankly we can sit here and talk about it and, and break it down all we want to the fact is they're going to roll in there and it's probably going to be 21 or 28 to nothing at halftime depending on how many possessions they get and how long it takes them to uh, to drive the field and um, I hate it. Less football again. Even though Anthony, like he said, you know there haven't been that many less plays, if any, or in the first two weeks. But um, yeah, let's just get it over with. Move on to that big game with Rutgers, and because uh, I think that Greg Schiano is a good defensive coach, and we're going to find out a little bit more about this Michigan offense when we play when Michigan plays them.
3: Listen, man, I'm just trying to pull something. To <laughs> yeah, I know out you are. This Matchup. It's <laughs> forty point spread. Kind of speaks for itself. My God, um, give us something competitive. In the next couple of weeks, or don't. That's fine too. But absolutely. You know, I want to see this team matched up with something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think we could see some turnovers. Michigan with just one turnover through two games so far. They got the ball out uh, on a run play with Mesa Graham last week, but didn't recover it. Um, but Connor like threw three picks against Liberty, all when he was under pressure. He was 0 of 8 under pressure. So he doesn't handle it that well. And I think he knows what Michigan is going to bring in, in that department. Uh, Moving over to the Michigan offense against Bowling Green defense. Um, It's been an emphasis this week. Jim Harbaugh said it on Monday. Sharon Moore said it as well. He'll be the interim coach for this game, obviously, with with Harbaugh suspended uh, for the final game uh, that he'll miss this year. Be back against Rutgers next week. But, you know, they said they're emphasizing the run game. They got to get rid of those non-efficient run plays. Um, So it's obviously something that they're focused on. Uh, This Bowling Green defense have a couple decent edge edge rushers, but beyond that, um, you know, I think Michigan should be able to do what it wants to do regardless of whether or not they stack the box, which Scott Leffler said on Monday, hey, we got to try to take something away. You know, he said, we got to take something away or try to, you know, he almost corrected himself saying you're you're pretty much not going to take anything away against Michigan. But um Saw him load the box a little bit against Liberty uh, according to some of the advanced stats, but they still average five yards per carry. So I think Michigan run game will be good. And then JJ McCarthy has just been absolutely phenomenal. And there's no reason to believe that he won't be again on Saturday.
2: Right. If they do stack the box and take what they are giving you early and get out to your big lead, but then I want to see him run, run, run and work on that and work on that some more guys to prepare for the big 10 season to get it where it needs to be, because we're seeing a, a bunch of things here. We're seeing wide receivers that aren't blocking as well. We're seeing some breakdowns on the offensive line for sure. Tight ends were fantastic last week and watching the film. I owe them an apology after the post game. I said, well, you know, the tight ends got to do their job too. Going back to the week before when they weren't very good, uh, they had a really good game on Saturday, but the, the receivers did not. Some of the offensive linemen did not. And some of the backs are running tentatively, fellas. Let's be honest. I, and I think that's probably human nature. It's like, you know, I'm not going to go out there and pop a knee against uh, Bowling Green or against UNLV or against ECU, but you can see. You know, guys aren't lowering shoulders, and frankly, I really don't need them to until you get into these games where it really matters. And I go back to Tyrone Wheatley in 1994 because I'm an old guy, and I remember that season when we really didn't see the real Tyrone Wheatley. It seemed like until the Penn State game that they lost that year. So um, we'll see. But to me, it's um, you know what? Just I, I just want to see him run. I want to, you know, I think JJ McCarthy will get his. I don't want to see him run, though, fellows. I want to see him <laughs> run as little as possible and save him especially from what we've seen in Michigan's backup quarterbacks.
3: Yeah. I mean, ideally from, from this mission, I mean, w- what is there to see again, a lot of the things that have registered of concerns so far, like the run game, like wide receiver blocking, we got a lot of tape over the last few years, just that's not going to be a season long issue. Now would like these guys to kind of back up what they say when they say we treat every week, like it's national championship. And to be frank, some guys on film aren't showing that uh, through the first few weeks, but, uh, you don't want to get into a habit of just turning it on and turning it off. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but um, just get through this one healthy first and foremost. And, you know, I want to see, again, you know, clean up, clean up some of those errors, uh, clean up some of the missed blocks, clean up the missed assignments, the missed cuts. Uh, you don't have to, again, we don't want the backs to have to sell out and uh, you know, either of those guys to have to have 20 carries or anything like that. But, you know, just, you just want it to be, I want to see the run game the run blocking to be as clean as the pass game and the pass blocking have been over those last, those first two weeks. I don't think that's a ton to ask uh, whether teams are dedicating extra resources to the run or not. From there, I would love to see someone take the reins on this backup quarterback job because at some point Michigan has been pretty lucky over the last couple of years where, um, you know, outside of Cade McNamara getting knocked out for a couple plays in that Michigan state game, they've had pretty good luck with quarterback uh, you know, not missing the starting quarterback for stretches of time. And right now I've said, I I've been outspoken about this. I don't know that uh I don't like what's there right now at backup quarterback. So I want to see someone separate there, but other than that, just, just play a clean game. And um, I want to see them physically impose their will a little bit more this week because Rutgers next week is going to come in and they don't care. They will punch you in the mouth and they probably won't win the football game, but, They'll, uh, they'll try to take a kneecap, so to speak. So we'll see what happens.
1: That's true. That's very true. So it sounds like we will see Jaden Denegal and Alex Orji as the first couple quarterbacks up. If Michigan goes to a backup, which you assume this game, they'll be in position to do just that. I, I think they're going to be able to run the football on Bowling Green. I agree with you, Chris. And I have a stat as to why. Anthony, you called me the statistician earlier. Well, I do have one here. So it sounds like Michigan's going to go blue jerseys On blue pants, according to Mason Graham, who told us that on Tuesday night, Chris, for the listeners out there, is giving the thumbs down. Um, But a stat to go along with that, rushing yard totals for Michigan, blue pants at home since the 2021 season. Washington, 343 rushing yards. Ohio State, 297 rushing yards. Penn State last season, 418. Michigan State last year, 276. Nebraska last year, 264, for an average of 319.6 rushing yards per game when Michigan goes blue on blue at home. Is that a coincidence?
2: Yes. And <laughs> why are we putting the big game blues on this Michigan team for Bowling Green at night? Come on, man. Save them for the big games or the, for the, the the name teams or the rivals, you know? Uh, that's the way I look at it and get off my lawn. <laughs>
3: Right, I'm going to piss off the old tier when I say, I think blue on blue is their best look and my personal favorite look. right I don't now. mind
2: the look. I don't mind the look. Just save them <laughs> for the big games.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, night game. I'm not surprised. Uh, but again, yeah. I, do I expect that run game to get on track this week? I do because I do think this is the worst team of the three that they've played so far. So not a whole lot more to add there, but yeah, get that, get that run game on track. And then let's make sure this death star is uh is fully operational.
1: Well, I think they're going to get it on track, the blue pants. Uh, I will say it probably has more to do with, Chris, what you're talking about being the big game blues, where this offensive line and these running backs in this offense has really shown up in those big games lately, a big difference in this program over the last couple of years. Um, but maybe it is the pants. So we, I guess we'll see on, on Saturday night. I don't know if we'll be able to prove it or not, but I will be definitely trying to prove that. I um, did want to mention before we move on to our predictions, Bowling Green's special teams, they have 11 block kicks, since the start of the 2021 season, they had one return for a touchdown at UCLA a year ago. They led after one quarter because of that. Uh, they had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown against Liberty just before the half to keep them in that game. Uh, but yeah, 11 of them, most of them on punts, and many of them return for touchdowns. So if you're going you know to try you- to pull off an upset or keep it close, you need a big special teams play. So
2: You know what the remedy is for that? Not Not punting. It.
1: Or kicking, yeah, exactly. Just I don't, I don't think we're going to see much of those guys. So. I agree.
2: Yep. So keep them on the sidelines. Go out there. And if it's fourth and short, go for it. And, uh, you know, I'm excited, too, to get Jim Harbaugh back next week, fellas. And, uh, you know, we, we can talk all we want to about these opportunities for these guys, and I appreciate it. But there's a reason that Jim Harbaugh is as good a coach as he's been over the last several years. It's because he sees things on the field, too. It's not just because his assistants are good or bad or whatever. Uh, he sees things that other teams might not see and maybe approaches a way to block it. I remember one year he was talking about approaching a way to, to block a safety and it, and it opened up the running game uh, tremendously. So, but uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to need it this week either. Like you said, guys, I think they're going to run, run well. And I really want to see Donovan Edwards get on track too. I think he's frustrated. I know he's frustrated from what we've heard. Uh, he's obviously a better player than what he's shown and he needs to, they need to open some holes for him, fellas.
1: Totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jim Harbaugh definitely will help. And as Skeen said on on the show on Sunday night with you, Chris, um, you know it, it might not even be a, a tweak schematically, but it might be him taking a guy aside or, or just the way he you know delivers a message or whatever that could be the difference. Uh, just having your your leader out there, having everyone in their specific role, uh, is is going to be important. So we'll see that next week against Rutgers. Uh, let's talk about our predictions for this game, offensive player of the game, defensive player of the game, final score prediction. But before we do, we have to mention our sponsors over at GameTime, the exclusive ticketing partner of the Wolverine, created f- by fans for fans. GameTime is the ticketing app that makes it easier than ever to score last minute deals on tickets to sports, concerts and shows, and they guarantee the lowest price. Football is back. I'm looking for some Lions tickets. For this season, definitely going to get down to a game. I'm going to use game time. We'll use the promo code Wolverine for $20 off my first purchase. My family did that again for this Bowling Green game on Saturday night. So make sure to check it out. It's the best seats, the best deals. It's all possible with the game time app. The biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. They'll even credit you 110% of the seat price if you can find a better deal elsewhere. Um, so again, download the Game Time app. Go to GameTime.co. Enter your email. Use the promo code Wolverine for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, promo code Wolverine for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Uh, predictions. I think we'll be able. They'll be able to run. You know, I think that uh, uh, on offense, we'll see a lot of guys get theirs, but. After the first couple weeks, I, I got to just go with an easy one with, with J.J. McCarthy. And the way he's playing right now is just incredible. Um, you know, he has shown huge strides from last season. He has been just pinpoint accurate, but also just moving in the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. Uh, I guess Bowling Green as well struggles with mobile quarterbacks. I don't know that we're going to see him run a ton, like like you said earlier, Chris. Like, please don't run past the line of scrimmage that much if, if you're him. And Jim Harbaugh said on Monday night on his radio show, they need him to get down. They need him to get out of bounds because they can't risk him taking unnecessary hits. Um, but I just think the way he's been moving and then getting close to the line of scrimmage and throwing, uh, I think he's going to get some space to do that and and really hit his target. So I'm going to go with JJ.
2: Yeah, it's a good pick uh, until he proves otherwise, right? <laughs> right. I mean, he's just been elite. And I think Rutgers is going to make it a little tougher for him. I really do. But um, I have to go with him as well just because of the way he's throwing the ball is precision accuracy, and uh, he's on a mission, you can tell. So J.J. McCarthy's my pick as well.
3: We joked about it in the press box on Saturday. Like, all right, who's getting J.J. for game balls this week? So mm-hmm. we'll probably keep rotating that. will be a, Assuming he has a good game, it will be a Clayton week, so you can go ahead. And, <laughs> no, no spoilers, but that's... Here we go. Things are trending right now. Um, I'm going to go with a get-right game for Donovan Edwards. I, I don't feel like we've seen his best football yet. I feel like there's some frustrations there. Uh, not, you know, just with the way he's performed, not with his workload or anything. He's actually outpaced Blake Corum, uh from a snap perspective over these like, first two weeks, but it's time for Donovan Edwards to, uh, you know, everyone else has kind of shown something in the non-conference on the, on offense with all the playmakers, but we're waiting for that Donovan Edwards moment. And I think we'll get a few of them on Saturday.
1: Okay, I like it. Or maybe he just got cursed. I don't know, one way or the other. Um, <laughs> Andrell Anthony. I'm just kidding. Um, Who was that? Yeah. <laughs> Defensive player of the game. Tough one, um, you know, just because you don't know how it's going to go. You know, one big play could could kind of determine it. But I'm going to go with, with Will Johnson. I think they're going to put Connor Bazelak under a lot of pressure. I think he's going to make some errant throws. I think we're going to see a little bit more Will Johnson probably. We saw him for eight snaps in the second quarter a week ago. So give me Will coming up with a big play and kind of reminding people that, hey, I'm, I'm still here. I'm back and, and ready to go.
2: I'm going to go off the grid and say Josiah Stewart's going to get to the quarterback a few times and set the tone there. Um, I don't know if he's played as many snaps as the, as the other guys in the last couple of games, mm-hmm. but um, I think at some point you're going to just see Air, Air basilac and uh, it's not going to work very well. I think Josiah Stewart's going to be the guy that steps up this week in that role and, and uh, gets to the QB.
3: This is tough. Um, I think Josh Ball is going to get his pick this week. I think he's played really well the first two games,
1: and I think it's, it's his time. Okay, there you go. Yeah, CB, I'm not feeling totally great about my Josiah Stewart to lead the team in sacks prediction, but a lot of time left. A lot of time There's left.
2: plenty of time, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. We still got, what, 12 more games, or 13 more games. So, And who's who's leading Not the team work. right now?
2: It's got to be like two and a half sacks leads the team, doesn't it?
3: Jalen Harrell, it's got to be, right? Yeah, it, or, you know. Jalen Harrell and Kenneth Grant, I believe. Right,
2: exactly. So it, it's anybody's game, as Steve Harvey would say in the family feud. True,
1: true. Yep. would like to see him get more snaps if I'm going to stick with that right. prediction. But, yeah. Um, okay final score predictions for the game again Michigan 40 and a half point favorite. I picked them to cover the last two weeks they have not done that so I'm just doubling down and picking them to cover again. I think they're due and aB you mentioned shutout watch earlier I got I got a shutout. I just don't see Bowling Green moving the football so I got Michigan 48 to nothing and that includes maybe a defensive score but definitely a short field off a turnover and, and some quick stuff to uh, to kind of get to 48. I've got 41-7, to seven, including a fourth-quarter
2: score for Bowling Green again against the Michigan Fives. And you know what? It's a different ballgame when those guys are out there and it has been the last couple of weeks.
3: It's been an adventure, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayton, you and I might be sweating this one out at the end for a garbage-time score, but I have 45 nothing Michigan. Ooh, uh, I, I feel almost went like... Yeah. that. <laughs> well, variety, baby. We love it. Uh, I, I feel like – I do think this will probably be their cleanest performance yet. And you know what? I think the second team offense, third team offense, fourth team, whatever it is in the fourth quarter, they're going to have their little moment to shine with the score as well. So
1: 45-0 and
3: uh, sticking with that.
1: Okay. I like it. That was almost my pick. Uh, 48, you could get there with a missed extra point, though. You could also get there with a couple field goals. So uh, this one may be in James Turner's hands in, in terms of uh, how they get to 48, in my opinion, at least. Um Last segment, no man knows the future. We'll pick four games from around the country, three from the Big Ten. One kind of the default big biggest game nationally this week, but we'll start with Penn State at Illinois. Illinois a 14 and a half point dog at home over under 48 and a half. Penn State, I just keep picking them to cover. I think they've continued to. They did a ton at the end of last year. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Penn State. I, I just don't think Illinois is is really any good this year and
2: i think jim james franklin likes to cover let's be honest. I, I agree yeah so um i don't think he's going to call off the dogs i think illinois is not very good this year i think penn state uh, wins that game handily and easily covers the 14 and a half
3: yeah i'm with you guys i wouldn't be surprised if penn state wins this by three or four scores honestly i just i don't think very highly of what illinois has this year
1: mm-hmm. it seems like penn state has you know something to prove here as they come in early on in the year as well. Uh, Minnesota at North Carolina. North Carolina, 7.5-point favorite over under 51. I think 7.5 a is a little low. I'm going with the favorite in this game as well, North Carolina, to win pretty handily. Minnesota still don't really quite know what we have there yet, um, but we'll see in a, in a few weeks when they face Michigan.
2: Yeah, North Carolina. Didn't they struggle with App State again uh, recently, last week? That, that not, may be if right, right. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, anybody they killed that? South Carolina, though? They did. And maybe that was just a letdown. I think Mac Brown said, you know what? We don't want to see these guys again. I think they took them to overtime. I think it was 40 to 34. So that's what um, it was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, so give me Carolina anyway. I think they're going to bounce back and, and hammer the row of the boat, guys. I don't think Minnesota is very good. I think watching. Uh, Minnesota, Nebraska, that pillow fight. And, uh, you know, frankly, the Big Ten is just not very good. And I don't expect Minnesota to go on the road and
3: compete. Yeah. The lesson to be learned is stop scheduling Appalachian State. Uh, yeah. You, you have the choice to do so. Um, yeah. I'm going with North Carolina. I, I think that Minnesota, I just don't see it. Physical team, they're going to play. They'll play hard. They'll try to get you into a rock fight, but I just don't see it with them.
1: Next game, Washington at Michigan State. Michigan State is 16 and a half point underdog over under 55 and a half. Five o'clock game, I believe, on Peacock over in East Lansing on the cock. So, uh, but interim head coach Harlan Barnett for Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio apparently will be on the headset. I don't think it makes a ton of a uh, of difference. Is this team going to rally around those guys? Is this team going to to fold after kind of everything that happened with Mel Tucker uh, last week or early Sunday morning? Uh, but I got I got Washington covering this number. They they killed them last year. I know Michigan State scored a little bit late to make it more respectable, but Washington has their number. Michael Penix has their number, even going back to his time at Indiana. You know what? I think Michigan State's going to keep it uh, within the 16 and a half
2: and maybe score a late touchdown to get it there. But it's tough. It's tough to come. It's tough to go out there and it's tough to come back here for the West Coast teams, too. So uh, I don't think Michigan State's very good. But maybe, um, you know, maybe I'm being a fool. I don't think those guys really cared for Mel Tucker that much, to be honest with you. even some of his guys. A lot of the guys, you know, based on some of the things we've heard, you know, Harlan Barnett and, and watching his press conference, I think is a pretty impressive guy. I think he might be able to get them to rally. So, and and it kind of probably depends on how this game starts out. You can, you know, if they get down 15, 14, 21 points early, maybe they quit who knows. But um, I think, uh, I think Washington wins by about 14.
3: Yeah. I'm with you, Chris. I actually, I think these guys will play for Harlan uh, by all accounts, a dude that uh, everyone likes in that building, which I think right now is, is more important than it isn't. Uh, He's someone that's wanted an opportunity So, again, didn't want it under these circumstances. But, again, I I don't know that Michigan State will be, you know, overly competitive in this game. But I do think that they'll find a way to cover that 16-and-a-half.
1: Okay. Uh, Tennessee at Florida last game, Florida six and a half point underdogs. Florida has not lost to Tennessee in Gainesville in 20 years, over-unders 58-and-a-half. So it's Joe Milton against Graham Mertz. As you said earlier, A.B., could be a lot of turnovers – in this game, but I, I just do not like Florida at all. So I guess I have to go with Tennessee and my fourth favorite to, to cover a spread, which is kind of scary. I think it's going to be an ugly game, frankly. And yeah. uh, we'll see how
2: Joe Milton does against that, those guys down there in the swamp. But um, I'm going to go with Florida. I'm going to say Florida uh, isn't going to win the game uh, necessarily, but I think it'll be close. I think uh, Tennessee wins in a, in a squeaker.
3: Yeah. I'm not crazy about what's going on at Florida either, but I'm going to pick them at least for the cover. I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, You know, again, I, I, we've seen, not to bring up bad memories, but we've seen Graham Mertz versus Joe Milton before. And I think this will be a little more competitive than that, but I just, uh, I'm not buying the Joe Milton hype. I mean, I, yeah, Josh Heupel does a great job of scheming guys wide open, but you got to be able to hit them too. And I just, we know what that story is. So Florida covers in an ugly one, but Tennessee wins.
1: There you have it. Uh, That's going to be our show for this week. Enjoy the game, everybody. Make sure to like this video on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That really, really helps us out. And head to TheWolverine.com for all of your Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting coverage. Get premium access over there. $1 for your first month for first-time users. And we'll see you next time.